0: Hi there.
1: On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group discusses the Royal Affair Tour in Irving, Texas. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair and on this special concert series edition of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friends Paul Zotter and Ken Gregory as we talk about the Royal Affair Tour in Irving, Texas. Yeah, so uh, so last this past Saturday, just a couple of days ago, I went um, and saw the Royal Affair tour here in in Dallas, Texas, um, officially in Irving, Texas, at the Pavilion at the Toyota. Oh, right, right, music factory. So, this- Joe, this isn't the place that has the
2: garage doors that open and make it oh yeah,
1: this is in fact the place ah. that has the garage doors. and and that becomes <clears throat> interesting. this so this is for those who are have listened to a lot of these uh, special concert series, this is the venue where I saw Tori Amos. and mm-hmm. Tori Amos was not a good fit for this particular venue. Um, so I was curious to see how this would go. And one of the things that I was happy, a couple days before the show, I got an email from the promoters or the venue or wherever, um, indicating that the doors, the garage doors, were going to be closed. So uh, thank goodness it was going to be air conditioned because it's Texas and it's summertime, so Mm -hmm. uh, no one really wanted that. Now the the interesting offshoot of that is since the doors were closed, there was no lawn seating. And I guess they they found places to, to sit people, but everyone who showed up with their lawn chairs and their sleeping bags and whatnot, uh, they couldn't bring those in. <laughs> Oh, so the humanity! Was, there, there were some disgruntled patrons um, <laughs> at the at the front door. So we uh, we got to go and and enjoy the show in blissful air conditioning, which was very very nice. Mm. But it had a very early start. It was very very strange. the The show started at six thirty, and mm, sure. I, I don't know, Ken. When we were in Atlantic City, the show started at seven. I thought right. Yep. Yep.
2: Wow. So, I don't so almost, know. it's almost a matinee. Almost a matinee. Yes. You know, think about that. Think about that, Joe. Remember when we saw, uh, Marillion separately together at the Chestnut Cabaret for yep. the uh, Holidays in Eden tour? I don't think they went on stage till like eleven twenty
1: at night. I know, right? <laughs> well, what was really funny about that is, yeah. um. So you're you're inside the venue, all the you know the the garage doors are closed so it's it's all dark and everything else. And then during one of the switchovers they pulled back this curtain to move some of the equipment off and it led right outside. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there was this you know had this this dark interior and this huge shaft of sunlight is like pouring in through this this gap in the curtains behind the stage it, and like it was it was very very strange um very very strange but i am extraordinarily happy to um to relate the fact that the sound was really good. Mm. Um, yeah. So, you know, based on my previous experience at this particular venue, I had some concerns. And now, granted, it was brand new when, when I saw, saw Tori Amos. So, you know, I don't know if, it, if if the sound crew for the Royal Affair tour has their, their shit together or if, um, you know, the folks who run the venue were able to sort some stuff out. I don't know really what the difference was, uh, but compared to both Tori Amos and the sound in Atlantic City, it was good.
2: And it was good the whole time. I I recall your review of the Atlantic City sound. It started a little suspect and then got better as the night went on.
1: It was good the whole time. Excellent. There, there There was one little blip in that that we'll get to as we kind of roll through this, but, yeah, overall it was great. And what really, really... Tickled my fancy and, and made me sort of chuckle about all of this was when I realized that even when Yes was playing and Jay was on the kit, it wasn't all u- uber boomy like it, mm. it usually is with him. And nice. So I was able to enjoy it a lot more. Sweet, and that's I'm, awesome. I, you know, and, and I guess I have to I have to say this up front. I'm quickly becoming you know, a part of the, uh, the Jay Shellen fan club. He's one wow. Jay
2: Shellen here, Ladies good. and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> All right. So, so uh, well, yeah, I, 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 I really, think you really still owe him dinner. Frankly. I probably do. I, I you know, you I, I be, I'll, I'll be happy to buy him dinner at this point, but, uh, yeah, I, am I'm, I'm, I was, I was very, very happy, um, with that.
0: Well, just to validate what you just said in, we, we walked into AC and a, as wonderful as Carl Palmer's, ELP, Tribute, and uh, Moody's and John Lodge and Asia, all very wonderful, but there was a little bit of a high school auditorium effect in that particular room. Yeah, absolutely. Until, until we got to the yes mix, which was really dialed back in the mids and, and mid-lows and, and gave us some clarity. So so you it sounds like what you're telling me is that you experienced clarity through all the acts
1: yeah it, it all sounded good from the from the very beginning maybe now, the garage doors have some uh,
2: absorption properties in the-,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the garage doors were closed when I saw Tori I don't know what okay. it was maybe there were just more people in there to absorb I don't know it, it was it, it it honestly sounded really very good now. Hmm. The other important aspect of this show was, and and we have to give our hats off to our, our you know friend of the palaver, Joe Cass of Total Mass Retain, for inspiring this in me. Um, you know, we, when you talk to Joe and and well, I guess it was the the um, the Nick Mason episode, Ken,
2: where mm-hmm. we're talking uh-huh.
1: to him and he's he's talking about going to shows with his dad and whatnot. And so, when neither one of you guys could could make it down here, and I had this extra ticket, I had all of my children to dinner one night, and I said, "I've got this extra ticket. Neither of my buddies can come down. Would any of you like to go see?" Yes, I knew full well what was going to happen. My three boys look at each other like, uh, "Are you going to tell them no? I don't. Are you going to tell them no? I don't want to go." <laughs> And my little nine-year-old princess just sticks up her hand and says, "Well, I'd like to go." And I was like, "Ah, rock on, Grace!" And and, and there's oh the, iron,
2: the irony, yeah,
1: yeah. So, but but in in all honesty, in in the the two plus years we've been doing the palaver, and I have been playing progressive rock nonstop, you know, and to the point where sometimes I have to play it around my kids. Grace has been not only the only one who routinely has anything good to say she seems to genuinely enjoy a lot of it so i mm. wasn't i wasn't at all surprised what i was worried about was the fact that she was going to have to sit through a 4 hour show mm. and you know while she is somewhat familiar with yes she doesn't know anything about ELP. She doesn't know anything about John Lodge or the Moody Blues. And I was like, you know, I didn't know how that was going to go. Um, but she was excited. So I was happy to have her there. And, you know, I saw so maybe, maybe in, in 20 years, she'll be talking mm. about the time her dad took her to her first. Yes, show. who knows? You know, I was
2: just, <laughs> I was just thinking Joe in 20 years, she's going to be, um, sitting across the, the the dinner table or at a bar with a date, and they're going to be talking, and she's going to say just casually, yeah, I remember the first time I saw Yes perform Gates of Delirium. <laughs> and-
1: <laughs> now, the funny thing is, of course, by the time that happens... Um, Billy and Jay will be the old gray beards in the band, and you know they're, they're, they're going to be like three or four, uh, three other new guys. So
0: <laughs> I don't understand why Billy keeps going on stage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, it, but it was it was honestly really really cool because she was she was excited about this. Um, you know, and, and I was excited to, to bring her. So we had the discussion about, um, you know, it was going to be very loud. We had our earplugs and, and all of this. Yes, we're good with this. We're happy. And somewhere between, and I don't know when she cooked it up, but by the time we parked the car and we're leaving the, the parking deck to walk to the venue, she starts going on about merch. She wants merch. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll get some merch. So we get in, and I didn't remember this at the concert we went to, Ken, but they had um, they had a sort of a, a big banner, uh, like a, a, a menu sign almost of some of the, the merchandise they had. And so she immediately sees this hat. So she wants a hat, but she reads it, and it says, Dad Cap. And she's like she she's a little confused as to whether or not she can get the dad cap or not. And I'm like, Well, anyone can wear it, honey, that's just what the style they, they call it. She's like, Oh, I can get it then. So so she got herself uh, she got herself the Yes hat and I immediately had to, you know, adjust it down to her size and she was she was very, very pleased by that. And I thought that was was also very, very cool, and since we had the VIP seating and we got there in time to get the swag can, which I need to get to you, um, we got the little laminated uh you know the little lanyard laminates that we could wear, and so she put hers on, and she's all like big stuff it was it was pretty awesome. How nice that's pretty awesome yeah it was uh it was it was good, so we go in. And you know, the one thing I didn't tell her about at all, I never mentioned Arthur Brown because I didn't want Uh-oh. her I didn't want her to go in like scared of this weird guy who was going to come out. So Ken, let me ask you a question with regards to Arthur Brown, because I don't recall this in Atlantic City. So either, A, I don't recall it, or B, it didn't happen, and I don't know if it happened when you saw them in New York. But the, when Arthur would come on stage, his makeup was semi-fluorescent this time. And so they would, they would light the stage with black light and so Arthur's face, already terrifying in its makeup, would then start glowing in parts, which just added to the nightmare-inducing effect. Wonderful. I
0: I don't think they had the lighting down to a science in Atlantic City.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I don't recall any sort of blacklight effect on the makeup in Atlantic City, but it was it was clearly in effect um, the other night. So very, very cool. Um, Grace didn't even bat an eyelash about Arthur Brown. Never said the word one to the point where I had the kids for dinner tonight and and so I said, Grace, the one thing I didn't ask you is what did you think about Arthur Brown, the singer for the first uh band with 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 the weird makeup? And she's like, Oh, I liked him. I thought he was cool. Which, may, <laughs> which which may speak wow. to to the outcome of my parenting I'm not 100% certain how to how to react <laughs> to that but she the, the, you know she she was not scared so you know they, they, they start out um, Carl Palmer's ELP Legacy right out of the gate they do uh, Carnival 9 Like, all right, we're gonna see, you know, where this is gonna go. And Grace loved it. Oh, she loved so cool. It. So, basically, throughout the whole thing, you know, I, I, I quickly realized that, you know, the way I could <coughs> sort of capture this was after every song, I'd have her give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So, while I'm sort of capturing my notes, uh, as the show is going on, I'm capturing grace's reaction, and we can get to it at the end because she she very clearly picked a top three, which was Ooh. very, very funny. there were There were a couple of things that she didn't like that i I thought were kind of funny so she she didn't care at all for knife edge and she didn't care at all for fanfare for the common man. Oh, one th- of the most famous ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but but the other three, she was she was all on board with, which I thought was was really really funny. And there were there were a couple of things, there were a couple others throughout the night that she didn't really care for. But you know, it it, 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 it boded well that you know this was actually going to work, and I was I was thrilled. So
0: off we go. <laughs> Now, (laughs) because otherwise the concert ticket would have gone towards college
1: tuition. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, this, this this brings up an interesting, interesting point because now it's like, all right, is she going to expect to go every time I go to see yes? And how is that going to work? But we'll, we'll figure that out. I I was able to, to pay much more attention to things. And, And I don't know what it was. If, if it's the fact that I hadn't just got off a plane after being, you know, whatever else and and then driving down. You know, the last couple of times I've gone to Philly, it's been a, a quick in, quick out. And like we're scrambling to get wherever we want to go. I was really relaxed this time. And I found that I enjoyed and and could sort of take in everything. So, you know. Uh, Carl's band, I was I was reveling in them. Whereas the first time we saw them, I don't know if it was I wasn't familiar or what, but I was I was much less overwhelmed at that point. But this time, I was able to just go, "Yeah, these guys are these guys are shredding it. I love it." And and having talked about it with Mark Anthony K. and and even amongst ourselves a little bit, I, I was fascinated and paying attention to. Watching how a guitarist would interpret playing a keyboard line on the guitar. It was, it was fascinating to me. And I really, really enjoyed watching how he did that.
0: You know, I'm going to interject here. In, in, in pure Palaver research fashion, I had to write to Paul... To get the proper pronunciation. In previous episodes, I oh, did good. a mispronunciation.
1: Okay, um, please correct us.
0: So, so if you if you if you check out his Facebook feed, and if you uh, uh, follow him anywhere, uh, you, you'll discover the correct pronunciation. Paul, Bielatovich. Mm. And uh, I, I, I think I, I did like a T-Z at the end in, in, in my first couple of pronunciations, but I, I think I have it down to a science. It's more of a C-H at the end.
2: Okay. Nice. Great. Well, now that you Great. have that
0: down, Ken, you can... Yeah, the Polish in, in my
2: blood. <laughs> 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 well,
1: he, he, he just nails it. I really, really enjoy this band. I like, you know, it. it I, I think they they present it really, really well you know and, and and the bass player is it david Pastoris? oh my god so yeah. everyone must know the story of Jocko
0: pastorius and if you don't you can read about it on your own but he he's a legend from the 70s from weather report and uh just a solo bassist with a wonderful solo release on his own and apparently yes david is related to Jocko
1: pastorius yeah, well, David Pastorius is a also a joy to watch. So I mean, those guys were they were they just shred it. I, I I had to sort of roll my eyes a bit when you know this this band has five songs. They're opening the thing, and I understand exactly why it has to happen, but I don't need a drum solo in any concert. <laughs> much, much, much less in this one. Um,
2: and you know, he put it. There's a drum solo in in this set. It's Carl Palmer. Oh, P. Legacy. Palmer's
1: band. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, it's, oh my yeah. gosh. So yeah, I I I hundred percent understand why it's there. I understand that in for ninety five percent of the people, it has to be there. I get it. I accept it, but. You know, it, it was not the part of the show that I enjoyed the most.
2: <laughs> All right, so seriously, on on this point, like, we, I know how you feel about drum solos. I generally feel the same way. Don't need them. But there are a few individuals whose who's, uh, drum solos are quite magical. Uh, how, I mean, how was the actual, I mean, this guy's a legend. He's a legend of prog rock. Paul, let, me t- let me take this. There's a reason okay. why he's active at his age.
0: There's a reason why he's opening for yes. Carl um, Palmer is athletic and strong and smart. He's also a good business person. He runs these camps. There's one in the Philadelphia area down by the stadiums. You can look it up where he's coaching young musicians and, 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 and having a blast. He, he he's just a good guy a good soul and he's figured this out and when i watched that same or similar drum solo joe when we were in atlantic city um his feet blew me away just when i thought he was going to run out of steam his feet just kept going like the energizer buddy and i i, I appreciated the the dexterity and the uh, enthusiasm behind the dude
1: well i can nice. tell you I can tell you that the gentleman behind me was also very impressed by <laughs> <on his feet. laughs> because it was, it was awesome at one point because there's, there's a point near the end of the drum solo where he, he literally stops using his arms and he's just going with his feet. And the guy behind me is like, yeah, that's just his feet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, way to go, buddy. <laughs> And of course, it. when it goes into the the gong nonsense, everyone loses their their shit. So, on oh my you know, gosh! <laughs> I did took... uh,
2: did did Grace weigh in with a thumbs up or thumbs down with the drum solo, or was it just part of the uh, whatever song it was in?
1: Uh, it was it was part of fanfare for the common Mar- man, and so she okay. didn't like any of that. I don't. I didn't get into whether or not it was the drum solo that put her off or not, but yeah. So, but but overall, I enjoyed it. Very, very much. I joke that Arthur Brown scares the pants off me, and he does in certain regards. But there's just something about, you know, a, a, a gentleman of that age dressed the way he does, and the guy can can bring it. No doubt about that. Um, there was there was a point where I was afraid he was going to trip over some some stuff on the stage, uh, but he managed to neg- navigate around that. So it was it was all good. Wow! Nice. Oh, wow! Nice.
0: Uh, did you pick up anything particular in the next set? I mean, I, I, I dug John Lodge. What, what did you think and what did Grace think?
1: So John, and, and again, we had the benefit of better sound. So I was able to enjoy John's set um, a lot more than I did the first time with regard mm-hmm. to that. What was really, really interesting, you know, he comes out and he, he opens with um, stepping in a Slide Zone. Grace was clearly energized by this. It got two big thumbs up and one of the biggest smiles of the night. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. <laughs> so she, uh, yeah, she really liked that. She didn't, she didn't really care for this, I guess about half the set saved by the music. Didn't really work for her legend of a mind. She wasn't a big fan of, she didn't like, isn't life strange. And she didn't like, I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band. Really? Yeah, which I was a little surprised by that. I thought that one would have been in in her wheelhouse based on what we had learned so far. But, you know, there you go. By
0: by process of elimination, though, she dug Gemini Dream, right? She did
1: dig Gemini Mm. Dream.
2: Yes, she did.
1: (laughs)
0: Because I, I, I've just been playing that nonstop in the car.
1: Yeah, she and liked just, that and she liked um she liked Ride My Seesaw. Although I I don't know that I was able to really convey the importance of uh John Davison being on stage at that point. I think mm-hmm. the, the, the overall concept was a little abstract for her. Right, 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 right.
0: This long haired hippie just showed out of nowhere.
1: Right, yeah. And, mm. and you know, she hadn't Obviously, she's never seen yes, so she can't make the connection of you know that John's the singer.
0: Well, you know, millions of yes fans had that impression of John Davidson. Who's this asshole? So, I mean, the, ten years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. John John Davidson is clearly no asshole. He's he's,
0: <laughs> he's redeemed himself so many times over.
1: So again I found myself just fixated on the cello player throughout this entire set. I love that Jason guy. Charbonneau. Yes, yes, I love him. I love him a lot. He looks a little uncomfortable when he comes out with the guitar for <laughs> for the one <laughs> song, but you know, whatever, it's all good. He's uh yeah, he's he's awesome.
0: Nice. Okay. Good 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 good. And and, and folks were dancing for the for the John Lodge Moody
1: set. Yeah, so, and we'll get to the, we'll get to the the Texas crowd here a little bit later on. At this point, you know, people were still f- filling in. I want to say the seats right in front of us were empty through the first half of John Lodge's set.
0: Okay. Were the Gottlieb brothers kind of weaving their way through the front rows taking I photographs? I didn't
1: see the Gottlieb brothers. Damn, we it's were, not a yes concert. We, well, we were we were several rows back, so um, you know who's who's to say. But uh, I didn't see them. Fair enough. Now I was excited to see Asia again because this was, you know, there there were a couple of reasons for for that. One, there are aspects of this set that i really really enjoyed when we saw them i was interested given the fact that the sound was better i'm like oh this is going to be good and you know i this is not a knock at all but i've i've seen yes a lot and i've seen asia less and i like what they're doing here so i was i was on the edge of my seat for this and so of course they they come out and they open with go and Ron Thaw was just freaking slaying it on go. It was it was great. I really, really, I was just out of my mind. I thought it was spectacular.
0: Okay, I'm excited. I just want to encourage you to use consonants to their fullest extent. So Ron Tall. Oh. No. Ron Thaw. Oh. Sorry. Well, it, it, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't get it. Any I mean, of these
1: you, names if you right. if you
0: say it too quickly, it sounds like Ron Paul, and I don't want
1: to go in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am in Texas, and uh, Ron Paul's well regarded here, but uh, I'll call him yeah, Bumblefoot that's your problem so <laughs> I, I, will, I will call him Bumblefoot from now on. He was he was awesome. He was just really, really great. Now the sad thing is is that Grace did not like go at all. Mm. I was Aww. very disappointed. I was, I was very, very, very disappointed. Well, it
0: is about the demise of a relationship.
1: Well, she didn't care for uh, "Don't Cry" either, <laughs> which oh. was the next, which was the next song they did. But she did seem to be very impressed with with Ron's uh, double necked guitar. She thought that was very, very cool. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that. That mm-hmm. was good. And then, of course, they went into "Video Killed the Radio Star," and this, you know, so Grace was back on board at this point. For video killed the radio <laughs> star, which it's you know you're talking about. We're talking about an iconic drummer playing on a track originally done on drum machine. So the the fact that they embraced it so heartily, I I just find that refreshing. And and again, we we had talked about this before, but it's it's a little bit better now. Even the the way that they can stay true to the nature of that song while still being true to what they are at the same time it's i just i find it refreshing enjoyable whatever it is Uh, i i i really really just had a great time with with this set
0: amen brother welcome on board thanks for drinking the kool-aid because (laughs) it's, it's sweet oh man damn that's a good ride that that that
1: tune yeah it's it's really really good and and like i said i I don't know if it's you know he's he's in the groove now or or what, but I thought Ron's voice was was really really killer,
0: Mm. and he's doing the effects and he's doing the whole thing. We talked about it in the previous episode. Yeah, yeah. I wanted
2: to ask whose feet are moving faster, um, Bumblefoot's during "Video Killed the Radio Star" (laughs) or uh, Carl Palmer during his drum solo? Uh, The the same, same (laughs) man.
0: I think they warm up together, dude. Fast feet.
1: Then they played um The Smile Has Left Your Eyes again, dedicating it to John Wetton. Grace was on board with that. And then Lucky Man. Still uh, just as powerful as it was the first time. Absolutely loved it. Grace didn't like that either. I was so disappointed. Huh, I was wow. like, uh. And and what was interesting. So and I don't recall. I don't recall a lot of the video segments during the Asia portion from Atlantic City, but they, like for Lucky Man, they, they really just, they had the same ELP montage clip that they played during part of Carl mm. Palmer's set. I was like, "Okay, you know, they they there were some They changes. played the same video yeah. in the background. Yeah. It was it was kind of weird. Wow. It's like they have That's a weird choice. it's like they have four a four or five minute loop of of ELP images that's <laughs> that they'll play. Wow. Hmm. Strange. And okay. and so after Lucky Man, Jeff Downs does his solo bit, which um you know, he pointed out is from the first album at the end of Cutting It Fine. And so at that point, our buddy Steve Howe comes out. And much yes. much like it happened in Atlantic City, all of a sudden things got very, very loud. I yep. don't know what it is about Steve Howe in Asia that things need to be very, very loud. But that... All the difference, all the tonal differences sort of evaporated for these next four songs when when Steve was out there. So maybe it's the different guitar. I I don't know what it is, but it, it got really, really loud. But again, you know, Ron seemed to be more comfortable without the guitar now than he did the first time we saw him. So that was that was easier to watch. And again, right. his, his voice was, was really, really solid, as they did In Your Wildest Dreams, Soul Survivor, which was still kicking, Only Time Will Tell, and then finishing up with Heat of the Moment. So, you know, I mean, you know, again, I think this band is is kind of getting their act together. And I, I would still maintain I would be very, very supportive if they would do some some more stuff. You know, mm-hmm, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe maybe tour by themselves and have an expanded set, or heaven help us, even you know, record some music or whatnot. Who knows? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I would. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how was Grace with the whole um, heat of the moment clap and shout thing? Was that was that grooving?
1: Okay, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Grace.
1: I, you know, I Grace didn't participate in any clap and shout thing. I don't really know if, if she, you know, it was her first concert and she's nine years old. So I'm not. I'm going to give her a pass on that. But I will. <laughs> I will tell you that there was a woman about four rows in front of us, and so you know, at at, at the one point, Ron's up there doing the the hands over the head thing, and this woman. I don't know if she is a Bumblefoot fan, an Asia fan. I, I don't. She was very, very engaged in this particular part of the concert. She was standing up and screaming more often than not, and certainly more often than <laughs> anyone else. So even with the lead singer standing on a stage, spotlighted right in front of her, very clearly clapping his hands with the beat, she could not find the beat to save her life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. oh, it was everything is bigger in Texas. <laughs> it was...
1: I, I couldn't decide if I wanted to feel bad for her or just laugh my ass off. But it was it was a lost cause. She was never even close. Not even close. And I've never
2: seen Asia live. And if I was going to, if I was going to, I know there's so much Asia to choose from, but if I was, if I was going to hear 10 songs by Asia, I think this is a powerhouse set list that I uh, really disappointed that I did not get to hear uh, in any of the opportunities that I had. Um, I, I think this
0: it's whole just, episode was designed to give you guilt, Paul, because it's you an had
2: epic. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's
0: and the scotch was on us, frankly. You know, I mean, maybe not the ticket, but everything else was on us.
1: That's right. When when we saw them in Atlantic City, I had some reservations about this set list because, you know, I I, I I'm perhaps more more learned in the extensive Asia catalog than than some, and you know, I think the last four albums they did after wetton's return have some really really good stuff but this like to your point Paul this is a really 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 good set so so here's here's the cool thing about about my daughter because she's now gone through the better part of, of three sets and and we're probably what Over an hour into it at this point. Maybe going on 90 minutes. She hasn't. Squirmed anything. She's paid attention. She's enjoyed everything. And somewhere. Shortly after Steve Howe comes out. She taps me on the shoulder. And says. How many more songs does this band have? (laughs) I said. So I looked at my notes. From Atlantic City. And I said. I think they have three. She's like. After they're done, I need to go to the restroom. I said, oh. I said, great. Do you need to go now? She said, no, not now, but when they're done. Okay, cool. So Asia finishes up and she's like, all right, let's go. Now, while I'm waiting for her to come out, and, and we had described this venue before. So imagine your normal amphitheater with all of the support functions and and um, concession areas sort of outside the, uh, the wedge, if you will, but all of it is inside, and you enter the doors into this concession area, or sort of at the back of the facility. The restrooms that we're using are sort of at the front of the facility. The merch table near the entrance in the back. So here we are in this this wide open area at this point because everyone's in the venue and I'm waiting and I turn around and what do I see but the Roger Dean display which I I don't recall seeing in Atlantic City. So I'm, I'm loving life at this point so what what else do I have to do but drop another two hundred bucks on another fucking uh, print, right? So <laughs> Grace comes out. I'm like, Grace, let's go over here. And so we go up, and and you know, the first thing she sees is the the set of the four um, differently colored yes logos, and she's mm. like, oh, you know, she immediately reacts and starts pointing. I'm like, well, don't touch anything. And so we start we start looking around and i mean i was just loving it so long story short i had three choices i had the asia dragon and i had they had prints of both journey to the center of the earth and return to journey of of their or return to the center of the earth and so i said grace which one of these do i need and she immediately points to the asia dragon and i'm like good girl that's right There is no choice there. Yeah. Wow. And I think it'll look great on my wall with my other one. So I get one of the the nice uh, British gentlemen to help me. And, of course, the guy in front of me purchased the last Asia Dragon. So we're in the same situation that we were in in Philly where, you know, they've got to wait to get back to the U.K. Roger will sign it and then send it out again. But I'm like, how long did that take you for Philly? That took six months, right? It wasn't quite that long. It was it was probably two months by the time it, it finally got to me. But, you know, the guy's explaining and I said I said, No worries. I said, I've been through this before in, in Philly with you guys and you guys hooked me up, so I, I you know, I'm good. So he got down my information and everything else, and <laughs> I said, I just saw this tour in Atlantic city. I said, I didn't notice you guys there. He's like, Oh, Atlantic city was terrible for us. He's like, it was a casino. They put us back in, in some little corner. It was a bad night. I'm like, okay, good. It wasn't my fault. I've literally, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you where they were in Atlantic city. Um, so I, I, am I'm, I'm breathlessly awaiting my, my next Roger Dean print to come. Sweet. And then I can put it on the, uh, the wall with the, the one that I bought at yes. 50 last year awesome so then uh, so then we go back into the into the venue because it's it's time for yes and you know I, you know we know what what the set list is it changed a little bit from when we saw them Ken well I guess you had seen them when you saw them in New York they had switched out um, and because I'm we saw so them, glad you
0: brought this up. Because it is such a bizarre shift, right? So they keep swapping out like Tempest, Fugit, and America. Like, yeah. what the what the hell does Tempest, Fugit have to do with America? Like, <laughs> 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 I, 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 they're both very complicated, original, um, progressive, and dynamic tunes with fast tempos and lots of highlights. And the best I could come up with is they swap them out because Alan wants to play something different on any given night. So the one that comes later in the set is Alan's, and the one that comes earlier in the set is Jay's, and they just kind of keep swapping them.
1: Okay, so that's how it goes. All right. So for for this, I don't know if you guys have looked at the set list. No opportunity necessary, out of the gate, killer. Tempest Fugit, going for the one. I've seen all good people. This night, Steve did second initial, then mm-hmm. into Siberian Katru, onward, then America, then the Gates of Delirium. Indeed, mm. and then um, I will I will say that I did not stay for the encore, which was Imagine Roundabout and Starship Trooper, which we did not see in Atlantic City. The reason I didn't stay. There were, I, I, my feelings about Roundabout are well documented at this point. I didn't feel that I necessarily needed to stay. And quite frankly, at that point, Grace had held on for four hours and done a spectacular job. Wow. But she was tired. Throughout the gates of delirium, she was like, she she wasn't complaining, she wasn't a you know, a problem in any way, shape or form, but she had started to sort of lean her head on my shoulder. <laughs> and and she had I, I don't know where this came from, but she had brought it up to me before gates started. She said, When they're done, we should we should leave before everyone else so we don't get stuck in traffic. Now, knowing full what she didn't she doesn't understand about encores and everything else, so I was like we can make that happen. Cause I had already decided I wasn't going to stay for the encore anyway. Um, but you know, it, there are a couple of interesting things that I just want to point out, because again, we, we've sort of gone through this and, and Paul, if you've got specific things you would like to uh, inquire about, please do so.
2: I do have one question, Joe, because until this very moment, listening to your description of this concert, all the con, all the bands and all the set lists, I've had a picture of me in your he- in a picture of you in my head standing until just now. Have you been sitting this entire time? Has the has the Irving Texas Toyota Theater been sitting all this time? The Irving <laughs> Texas has been sitting
1: on. Oh, us. for
2: Christ's <laughs> sakes.
1: Down in front, well, I, I, and and I can tell you that the. <laughs> <laughs> While I was absolutely in my glory, and my lovely daughter was struggling to stay awake, the Irving, Texas crowd was not ready for nor appreciative of Gates of Delirium. Oh, that's oh. disappointing
0: to hear. Oh, uh, slide guitar and all,
1: or pedal steel. There were, there were all. a lot of people who, who, I mean, it's not like the place was half empty, but there were a decent number of folks who got up and left during that. Wow. Unbelievable. I
2: know, that, right? That is... Oh, that's hard.
1: That's hard to handle. It, it, it was disappointing. It wasn't terribly unexpected, though. Well, that is disappointing. So, Did Alan play soon? Alan did play soon. And I was very, very careful to keep my eagle eye on the switchover and it that switchover is phenomenal you know Mm -hmm. i literally as soon as jay stands up the techs are in doing exactly as you described yeah stool thrones come out snare gets swapped in and literally alan sits down like two seconds before he has to start it is I, uh, they must have it just so rehearsed. It, it, was, it was very, very cool.
0: Yep, 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 yep. So
1: Alan ended up playing America. I thought Alan sounded... Hey, did,
2: did the snare sound any different? Could you detect this difference in the snare sound?
1: Honestly, I, I don't know that I could, but... Yeah. I mean, in an well, amphitheater, I mean, it, what difference does it make, well, really? It, it's It's difficult to say, because one of the things that we had talked about, certainly certainly in, in 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 the current state of affairs, Jay plays different and much harder than Alan anyway so even if they were on the exact same snare I think it would come across a little bit different regardless right, right. you know right. I, I, there must be I guess there's something with drummers that you know they can play every, every other piece of percussion out there but I need my own snare all right <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure what drives that, but, you know, it, it was, you know, it's all very good, but, but Alan played on America. I thought Alan sounded a lot better and stronger than he did in Atlantic City. So that was, that was very nice to be able to see. Well, let me, let me speak for the, the, the,
0: the forefathers of the band um, belated forefathers, um, Steve and Alan. Um, Alan was amazing in Westchester, New York, White Plains. Uh, He had this just completely uh, invigorated persona that didn't come across in Atlantic City. Now, on the other hand, Steve did a flip-flop. Steve was talking about his granddaughter in Atlantic City. He was, like, whipping across that like lap steel on wheels with 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 his feet doing those little elvis dances and everything and steve was like a little kid in ac like he just got paid now i now <laughs> why it is that one night is steve's <laughs> night and he's having fun and then the next night is Alan's night and he's having fun. I don't know. But I got to see if, you, you know, if you got the time and you got the money, you'll eventually see both of those guys <laughs> in their prime. But maybe not every show.
1: Yeah, it was. It Steve had a had a good night. In fact, everything sort of went according to script with regards to that. There wasn't any. It's, Steve was sort of middle of the road with regards to that. Now, it was interesting. I I showed you guys the picture at the start of this. One of the songs, and I honestly don't remember which one, because there was a lot to sort of keep track of, something happened at the start of the song, and Steve literally steps off stage behind the curtain, except, like, the neck of his guitar was sticking out. So you could see his left hand and and the neck (laughs) of the guitar, and it was spotlighted. And, And I was joking, because I'm assuming... You know, someone put the fear of God in Steve, or, or in, in the in the spotlight operator. That you know, ah. don't don't take the spot off Steve. And so the guy's like, well, "What the fuck do I do now?" <laughs> so he spotted the part of Steve that he could see, and and I I never got a clear indication as to what. What prompted that? There wasn't any sort of guitar change as part of that. Steve kept on playing. It was, it was a very, very strange thing. Not something you see very often. The other thing that really, really struck me, there were two points in the night. And I can't remember what the second one was, but I do remember vividly that the first happened in Going for the One where the band just like totally brain farted and it all fell apart for like, you know, a second. Which uh, you don't often hear that from yes, that it was very, very strange that 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 happened. But, you know, they're professionals and you just kind of, okay, everyone kind of get back on the groove and away you go. But it was it was just very unusual that that happened.
0: Well, it's crazy. I don't... I mean, but that's why I love Steve Howe. You're going to get consistency from Jay Shell. You're going to get consistency from Billy Sherwood and, and consistency definitely from Jeff Downs. But where you're going to get a little bit of temperament and, and, and dynamic is, like, Steve Howe. So, so <laughs> I want that. That's the spice. That's the cumin. That's the sure. cilantro. You know, give it to me.
1: I'm glad you brought up Billy because there was... This has nothing to do with anything, and I'm not commenting on it other than to tell you what I observed and Ken tell me if you if he did this before in Atlantic City because maybe I just didn't pay attention. Billy came out for the Asia set and he had on these spectacularly sparkly shoes <laughs> And I was like, "Wow, that's some footwear, Billy." <laughs> and then he came out for the yes set, R- yes set, and he had on red shoes. So I do remember the red shoes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I don't remember cool. if he wore the same shoes for both sets in Atlantic City or not. That's that's the what, part. What What made me laugh is that
0: the original that the pictures that first circulated for this tour. I remember. Um, Jay Shellen looking like the exact same vest from Yes, yes 50. Yep. Uh, da- Davidson was chain his pants, but it looked like the blazer was the exact same Yes 50 blazer. And there was something about Billy. I know that when he plays with Yes, he wears more of like the cape shawl thing. Right. Uh, and I noticed some of that same costuming going on. So, 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 but costuming, I just want.
1: His costuming is a little bit different for Asia. It's weird. <laughs> like it wasn't just the shoes; I, he didn't have the shawly sweater, so I, I I don't know what's going on there. But were they were they like boots or were they just shoes? Shoes, definitely shoes, not boots.
0: Mm. They're kind of like the the nineteen the eighties Nike high tops, but red.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but but all things considered, I I thought Billy was really on his game Saturday night. He 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 was you know. He, He's he's really good at what he does. I got to give him that.
0: Did you get the same uh, backing vocals from Billy with, with not too much reverb, just kind of like
1: right there? Yeah, the, they, the the vocals were were very good again. So again, they've they've got that sort of dialed in. One thing that was interesting, one thing that Ken, you and I both reacted to in Atlantic City was the remember the Ring of Fire visual during the battle portion of Gates. Oh yeah, they changed yep. that visual. Really? Yeah, and so it's not quite the same anymore. It didn't. It didn't strike me quite as powerfully, but you know, whatever. So they they have changed up some some bits and pieces of the the visual portion of the show. What and did
2: they use instead? Did they did they use the ELP
1: montage? They did, <laughs> I, it was it was very similar. Um, so when we saw them, and, and I'd, I'd have to go back and look at the picture to remember, but but there was this, imagine this ring of of what appeared to be fire, sort of going around and you know rotating and whatnot. For for now, what they have is it was sort of like, in instead of a, a specific ring the the visual was more spread out over the entire video display which consists of three screens above and behind the band and two smaller parts on the drum and keyboard riser and so imagine if you will sort of a a broken black and green sort of um texture some it's almost like a fire texture but but green and then they would bring in, um, like on top of it, there'd be like these orange flashes. I I, I tried to take a video of it that yeah. I can send to you to post if you're going to do a show notes for this, um, just to just to kind of to illustrate it. But it was it was different because I, again, when when we saw them in Atlantic City, and that that battle sequence when John literally leaves the stage, and it's just the, the four musicians, and like, Billy and Steve had this, you know, this, this thing sort of going uh, back uh, across the stage as this, this ring of fire was sort of going on mm. above them. And, and Ken and I both tried to get pictures of that because it was, I thought it was very powerful, but it was, it was different. Mm-hmm. I, I do
0: like Roger Dean's contrast of the warm colors and the greenish cool colors. So even the uh, program, which I'm holding up right now for this particular tour, has like an orangey pink contrasted with a, a fluorescent green. Mm. Yeah, very beautiful. And, and the shirts for this tour were uh, primarily orangey bright, very warmly fantastic.
2: Oh, nice. I wonder maybe the video guy was the uh the old spotlight guy who got demoted and now he uh he could be really, <laughs> really on his luck after after the Irving show.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. Um Sorry. you know what? All right. So I I, I got this thing out really re- really quick. Um I made mention of the concert program. But um, Joe, you said um, you said your daughter Grace was into the merch, and and you got the uh, VIP package, no doubt because you had the VIP seats. And uh, uh, the folks that did that, it's Future Beat, so they rock. They're in this program here, all the names, and so, some some of the same people that that we dig, who make this thing happen, Guitar Tech Andre Chamondelay, always making Steve happy. There are. Oh my God! Fifty names in here of <laughs> really, really ball busting people that made this tour work. I mean, I mean, the Royal Affair is not an affair for nothing. It's 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 a major effing Ticketmaster event, and it took a lot of balls and guts to pull off.
1: Absolutely, and and I'm I'm very happy that I had the opportunity to see it twice. I'm glad we saw it together in Atlantic City early on, and I'm glad I got to see it. You know a little bit later on and it was different and, and like I said getting uh getting to share it with with one of my kids was that was cool I really really enjoyed that and her her appreciation and engagement seemed like I said it seemed very genuine to me and so you know hopefully that's something that maybe made an impression on her. That's pretty awesome. So we we, I, I, we have to talk about Grace's top three and yes. it, it was funny because each one of these songs when when it was played, she she lit up like a Christmas tree. There was there was an immediate and noticeable reaction. And when questioned about it afterwards, she never wavered. She always knew she didn't know song titles, but she would she knew which song it was in which set. It was it was kind of amazing. So I guess we can go, we can go three to one. So number three was going for the one. Really? She dug that? She, yeah. Going for the one was a big, big hit. She liked that one right away. Hell yeah. Number, mm. number two, we've already discussed was stepping in a slide zone. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Do you want to play a game of guessing what Grace's number one is? I can almost guarantee that you will not get it. Really? Uh, yeah. America. But shit, Ken,
0: you win. It is such an amazing <laughs> tune. And who would I mean, not was, want to miss it in friggin' Texas? <laughs> what was it? it was
2: America.
1: America. Oh,
2: that's awesome.
1: I, I was stunned. I'm like, Really? and
2: it's amazing too because that was that's so late in the game i mean she was there for almost four hours when they played
1: that i know right but no she uh yeah she was she was all over that one she thought that was just spectacular that is cool yeah no i mean it's always a highlight even uh
0: john anderson and the 1000 hands band i mean how fucking amazing was that to hear them do their version of America
1: but i mean we're we're talking about a nine year old kid i mean i would ex- I would have expected expected her to latch onto something you know maybe a little bit more approachable but video kill already Radio star some something like that but no it was she was very very clear that that song was far and above her favorite period, hands down.
2: Well, I think that is evidence that she has uh, started to cultivate a very uh, uh, informed palate about progressive rock music. Thanks to her
1: father. Well, so well done, Joe. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a very proud parenting moment. I can tell you that. Absolutely. And, and, you know, as we left and, and she was she was exhilarated by the experience. So you know it was it was very very cool. That is pretty awesome, man. That is pretty awesome. So that that was the uh, the Royal Affair tour here in in Irving, Texas. All right. So any any sort of closing thoughts or questions on this? I don't know at this point if we're going to get a third. Uh, special concert series edition. If we can get Ken and, and Joe Cass to relate their experiences, seeing, uh, this tour together in, in New York, but.
2: I think we should, uh, we should get, uh, Joe Cass on the palaver and we should create our 2020 fantasy. Yes. Concert, uh, for next year. And, uh, and figure out what we can come up with uh, for them uh, next year. Okay. That's an interesting... I like that. I mean... You know what? I, yeah. I I, don't know.
0: I was just clicking through some uh, uh, Genesis stuff. Meek's Cafe had a Daryl Sturmer video where he was solo, just kind of cranking out some guitar. And one of the comments was, why can't he go on the road with other Genesis survivors and just who's ever left can play the songs? But uh, 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 <laughs> clearly, Genesis is not as liberal with their licensing as Yes is. Well,
2: <laughs> what I do you know, mean, Genesis like- survivors—they're all still alive, and um, it's not, not <laughs> Ray <Corey> Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. Put Daryl with Ray, and 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 you know anybody else. I would love to see Tony Levin make a buck off of this shit because so is fifty percent Tony fucking Levin. Right. Yep.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this special concert series edition of Progressive Palaver. As always, we've enjoyed sharing the conversation with you and we look forward to your thoughts, comments, questions, and feedback. Uh, if you've seen the Royal Affair tour um, and, and want to share with us, we are available on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at Progpala. I believe on all of those, where you can search for Progressive Palaver. You're welcome to email us. Our email address is progpala at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And as always, we are hosted on SoundCloud. So, until next time, thanks for listening.
2: Are you showing us something, Joe, or are you testing
1: something? I know I am showing you something. I can't...
2: Is it your phone?
1: Yeah, so... Steve I, Howell's I, guitar. guitar. Oh. oh. <laughs> Ken! You're... What? <laughs> you're, you're fucking phenomenal, man. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's exactly <laughs> what it is. What?
0: I went to two shows... I I, I I paid like five hundred dollars to stare at that thing for an hour.
2: There. Remember how heavy our amps were back in those days? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, my God, we had such big, heavy amps. <laughs> Now I literally I literally bought a bass amp sight unseen cuz I knew it only weighed 24 pounds. <laughs> I was like I'll buy it. That's all it takes.
0: <laughs>